0: Tonight, I have just a simple message for us here tonight, just talking about the strength of the Lord, and I'm going to get into scripture in just a minute, and so that's why I have you uh, to be seated. We'll get there in just a second here, but if you can, for me, just picture a firefighter in your mind. William, when you see a firefighter, what do you think of? Like, if you picture a fireman, what do you see? Very good, yeah. So, firefighters, they have equipment that they use, right? They've got the hose to fight fires. Specifically, what they have is they have. Um, their gear and every piece of it has a purpose. Um, It's to keep them safe from the fire so they don't get burned. So it's called turnout gear. The average set of turnout gear weighs as much as 80 to 120 pounds with everything. So you got the helmets, the gloves, hoods, boots, coats, pants, and all the little gadgets and equipment that they have with them. And the flame-resistant material Uh, used in this gear can withstand temperatures as high as 1,600 degrees Fahrenheit. And so each piece, you know, the helmet is to protect their heads, and then they've got um, the face mask for oxygen uh, so they don't breathe in the smoke, and then the clothes so that they don't get burned and all of that. And every single piece that they have, they have to train time and time again putting it on and taking it off, putting it on and taking it off, because they are trained to get all of the gear on in less than two minutes. So they've got to get all of this on very quickly, right, so they can go and help somebody, so that they can go and put out a fire. And so they put all of this on in under two minutes. And if you think about a soldier Right? A soldier, we know, they have very important personal protection gear. They've got body armor and helmets and weapons and all of that. And we don't expect a firefighter to run into a burning structure without their gear on, right? And we certainly wouldn't expect a soldier to go into battle without the resources that have been provided to them um, to protect them as well as to advance on the enemy. So we recognize that these things are important, And um, some of you may realize where I'm going with this, but um, I was in junior ROTC in high school. There's a lot of different heroes out there, a lot of different stories. But I remember a story of a Lieutenant Murphy, and he was only, I I think I remember this because of this, but he was only 5 foot 5 inches tall and 150 pounds, but he was a force to be reckoned with. In his years of military service, he earned every major combat award possible. During World War II, a one-man assault on the Germans from inside a burning tank destroyer, Murphy used the tank's radio phone to order fire on the advancing armies, even calling in a strike on his own position. The concerned lieutenant on the other end of the line asked, how close are they? And so Murphy answered, I'll just hold the phone out and let you talk to one, saying, they're close. Um, And Murphy then jumped from the tank, grabbed his available weapons, organized the troops for a counterattack that drove the Germans back. His audacious courage, leadership, and weaponry skills saved his company and enabled them to hold their position. So soldiers serve to protect a nation's citizens, land, and interests, and in their efforts to defend, they work with equipment designed to destroy. Why soldiers know the importance of equipment checks and drills, right? They train and they practice. They study weapon manuals and they are thoroughly trained to use and maintain their weapons. They continually, continuously hone their skills. Soldiers know their disciplines have far-reaching ramifications that they can affect the success of their missions, the lives of civilians, and their personal safety as well. So saying all of that to say that we as Christians have gear of our own. We have the armor of God. And so that is what I'm going to be talking about tonight is the armor of God. Uh, The lesson is titled The Strength of the Lord because we'll see in Ephesians how he words this here. It is our strength. So if you could turn to Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 18. Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching whereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. It says in verse 10, Be strong in the Lord, and then he proceeds to tell us how we can do that with the armor of God. When the Apostle Paul told the Ephesian church members to be strong in the Lord, he wasn't simply just saying, you know, chin up or telling them to be mighty warriors of God. In fact, his words implied that the strength did not originate from within themselves at all, that the believers would be powerful when they were strong in the Lord. Those who are in Christ receive their spiritual strength from the power of God's might that dwells within them. And we know in Acts 1 and 8, it says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. We have access to that power through the Holy Ghost. When we are in Christ, we are empowered and energized by his strength and able to do all things. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ with which strengtheneth me again it does not come from within ourselves but through the spirit of god we do not face tasks or circumstances we encounter in our strength alone but because of our union with god he provides his abiding power and strengthens us for his cause and we recognize that we do not fight against flesh and blood and that we are fighting spiritual Battles. Earlier in the book of Ephesians, Paul wrote in Ephesians 2 6, and God hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In the Old Testament, the psalmist wrote, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. These verses describe the places. That we can access in God, and the what the Ephesians tells us is that the primary value of those uh, that the armor of God is the ability to withstand the evil that they face, and so we uh, these places are far above the enemy's places. When we are in Christ, we are positioned above our enemies, and Satan is under our feet. The enemy has no power or authority over Christian men and women unless they allow him access or opportunity, and he will try. In Ephesians 4.27, Paul said not to give place to the devil. The word place comes from a Greek word that refers to topography or soil, but it also refers to a station or position and an opportunity to give some power or occasion to act according to Strong's Concordance. So we can't afford to give the enemy even one bit of ground in our lives, not one opportunity or access point. When we refuse to share common ground with the enemy, he has no power over us. He finds no place in our lives. When given even the smallest foothold, the enemy will keep attacking that weak place until a foothold becomes a stronghold. But thank God he has given his church power, according to Luke ten nineteen, over all power of the enemy. Hallelujah. The devil lost his place in God's kingdom, and he is trying to displace us from ours. If God's people follow the enemy's ways by you know, being rebellious or high-minded and controlling as he did, they'll end up like him. But there's good news. God has provided the weapons needed to defeat the enemy's plans. Amen. In Ephesians 6.13, Paul told the Ephesians to put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. He wrote this letter to the Ephesian church from a Roman prison. And so Paul was bound in chains and held in protective custody of Roman soldiers as he wrote these letters of instructions and encouragement. And I can imagine him just studying the uniform and seeing that Roman guard right outside with all of his different armor on and uh, pro- it providing this spiritual illustration of warfare to the church. And so the apostle took the implements of his Uh, you know, captors and created this picture of an attire of armor available to us as saints of God. In the same way that our strength comes from God, so do the weapons of our warfare. We do not make our weapons, but take them up and put them on. Paul wrote in verse 13 of an evil day for which we must be prepared While Christians engage in spiritual conflicts and temptations on a regular basis, there are days of particularly heavy assaults. The evil day may refer to especially difficult events or the evil days that we live in, but regardless, every day we must be prepared and armed for what will come against us. And when we withstand in the evil day, the word of God assures us that we will remain standing. The word translated withstand in Ephesians is translated resist. So it's the same word we see in James 4 and 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Peter also spoke of being vigilant against the enemy in 1 Peter 5 and 9. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. There is and will be a wrestling in this world with spiritual enemies. But believers who remain at their posts, in their places, and stand ready and have the power and resources for whatever challenges they may face. So we're going to break down the armor of God. We've got, firstly, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. I was hoping to have a cool you know, a little image of the um, armor here, but we'll have to use our imaginations a little bit. But each and every one of these has a very important purpose. Just like every piece of the equipment for the firefighter has a very particular and very important purpose that they cannot go without, we too have a particular purpose in each one of this, of the armor of God. The belt of truth. In Ephesians 6.14, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Other translations have referred to this as the belt of truth. Wearing the belt of truth keeps the rest of our garments in place. This girding refers to fastening loose garments with a girdle or a belt, securing clothing or tying on a weapon. But metaphorically, it means to equip oneself with the knowledge of truth. Wearing God's belt of truth allows soldiers to have the mobility and access their swords. Well, the truth of the word of God has always defeated the lies of the enemy. In Paul's day, a soldier's belt or girdle covered the loins and was an essential piece of attire. It was a soldier's girdle that braced him, kept him from being restrained by his clothing and provided a place to secure his sword and access to it when needed. It is through studying and understanding the Bible that we can strengthen our commitment to living a life of truth. And so we go to the breastplate of righteousness. This term includes the whole of a Christian's character and conduct. It speaks of integrity, morality, and right standing with God. Jesus clothes us in his righteousness that cannot be earned. His righteousness is a gift. But it is more than Christ's righteousness Paul wrote about. The full meaning of righteousness is like a three-strand cord that includes these things. An attitude of God, his justness and truthfulness, the right doctrine, biblical teachings written down so people could know the way to God and how he wants them to live, and a way of life revealed in a believer's conduct. The breastplate protects the soldier's heart and other vital organs from physical attack. And in a spiritual sense, it protects our hearts from the attacks of evil. This righteousness is not based on our own good works alone, but rather it is the result of faith in Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of the sins that he offers. The next article Paul mentioned is having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. When reading this verse, thoughts naturally turn to Isaiah's words. In Isaiah 52 and 7, it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings and publisheth peace. The word shod means to bind on or bind oneself to. We are instructed to bind on a condition of preparedness and readiness of the gospel. Wherever our journey takes us, When we are wearing our good news shoes, we are firm-footed and stable. We are walking in peace and always ready to share the good news of the gospel of peace with others so that they can come alongside and walk in peace with us. Believers in Christ are covered in the good news, and he keeps our feet from falling. Walking with Jesus brings peace, and it prepares us for every step we will take in the days to come. It prepares us to do and experience all God wills, even when those steps lead us into spiritual combat. And next is the shield of faith. The word shield in this passage refers to a very large oblong device that protected every part of the soldier. The shield is different from a small shield that you commonly see in the images. It's just a small one. That's a buckler and it's just a part of their uniform, but the shield this talking about is a broad piece of armor that would create a wall that would protect a soldier's entire body. Throughout scripture, the Lord identified himself as a shield to his people. The shield in front of believers is their faith in the God who covers them and gives us the victory. 1 John 5 and 4, it says, This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Note that we were instructed to take the shield of faith. Our safety depended on taking hold of our faith as our defense. Like a soldier's great shield, it can be positioned between us and the enemy. Moved to meet and defend any attack. This faith is not just a passive belief, but an active trust in God's promises which allows us to stand firm in the face of temptation and persecution. Faith protects us. And moving to Ephesians 6:17, take the helmet of salvation. Helmets are defensive coverings worn to protect our heads from blows. Swords, clubs, battle axes, or anything harmful to us. God provided a helmet to protect our mind, and that is the helmet of salvation. The enemy whispers accusations and temptations into our mind. He attacks at an intellectual level and stirs up questions and doubts. But for those who wear the helmet of salvation, his twisted and enticing words will do no damage. Knowledge of our salvation can buffer Christians from the enemy's meddling words. This salvation is not just a one-time event, but an ongoing experience that renews our minds and helps us to grow in our relationship with God. And lastly, we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the only defensive or offensive weapon that we have and verse 17 says the sword of the spirit which is the word of god it is the word that enters a soul and divides its innermost parts and we see in matthew 4 and 4 but he answered and said it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of god The word is so important to protect us against the devil. Because this very scripture, if you read the chapter, you know that the devil went to Jesus and he tried to tempt him three times. You remember? And each one he came back with, it is written. It is written, thou shall not tempt the Lord. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. He used the word of God to resist the devil. He was giving an example to us that if we will study and we will know and understand the Word of God, that it will um, protect us as well. It is the Word that conquers the enemy. If Jesus used the Word as his only weapon against the devil, we today should be wise to follow his example. 1 Peter 1 and 25, it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And, oh, sorry, that was Hebrews 4.12. And then First Peter 1 Peter 1.25, the word of the Lord endures forever. And it arms believers to defeat temptations and to make the devil flee. As Christians, there can be nothing more powerful to us than the word of God to protect us, to help us, and I want to encourage anyone who is struggling maybe to read the Word of God on a regular basis. We have the bread programs available, or there's apps out there for you to read a certain number of chapters a day, or scriptures a day, or to read the whole Bible in a year, or even just to read the New Testament in a year, or just, to you know, there's so many uh, programs out there that can help you just to get the word of God in our heart each and every day. Because I don't know about you, but, you know, going a day without food is hard, right? We've got to be hungry, but it says we should not live by bread alone, but by the word that proceedeth out of God every day. We've got to have the bread of God every day, the word of God every day. And so we have a mandate. We are called to pray. Paul commanded the church to pray hard and long. Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not faint, because prayer is how we get the armor of God. Every single thing that is a part of the armor of God, we put it on in prayer. Luke 18, one, men ought always to pray and not faint, and then preserving in prayer sounds like hard work, <laughs> and it is, but prayer is required to fuel the engine that moves the work of the Lord. The Lord works in the realms of prayer and intercession. He comes where he is invited. When we pray, God opens the way to overcome the power of the enemy. God's power is activated by prayer, and through prayer we become conduits to his divine influence in the world. When we declare his word in prayer, we wield the artillery that hell is powerless to resist. Praying the word swings God's mighty weaponry, which is the sword of the spirit, and it connects humanity with divine power. Paul made it clear that we are to pray all the time. Ephesians 6, 18 says, praying always. And he doesn't mean that we are praying every single moment of every single day. How can we practice persistent prayer when we have to use our brains for all of the things of life, right? But prayer is more than an activity. It's an attitude. Praying always means a person's attitude is one of connectivity with God. It means being in the right position to hear from or to speak to the Lord in every location and in every situation. Praying without ceasing means having an open channel to God, similar to the way that air traffic controllers, there constantly remain connected to the planes flying, but there may not be any audible communication between them. There are times to pray in the spirit and times to pray with understanding. It is always time to have a right spiritual attitude in an atmosphere of prayer. After Paul told the Christian soldiers how to arm themselves, he gave them their marching orders. After all of this, with the armor of God, this is what he said we must do. This is in verse the continuing, verse 18 through 20. It says, they were to keep praying. They were to pray hard and long in the ongoing warfare. They were to pray for their brothers and sisters in the Lord. They were to stay alert and on guard. And they, and you're to pray for yourself. Pray for your own mind that you would have the courage and what to say at the right time. The enemy knows there is power in prayer, and he does his best to interfere and distract us. If the prayers of the saints were not lethal to his cause, why would the devil fight so hard against them? Paul admonishes us to take courage and take time to prepare ourselves, especially in times of conflict. Daily maintenance of spiritual weaponry is crucial. Wise soldiers continually check their armor and supplies. God will remain true to his promise of strength when we face difficult times. And I think that so many, when people first come into the church, they have such a hard time in, in the beginning because they're here and they, you, know, you make the decision to live for God. But you haven't learned how to put on the armor. So you're going into a battle unprepared, right? And so even us as Christians, if we have been doing this for a long time, you know, if you see saints in the church that have been living for God and they just have a sour attitude, well, maybe it's because they forgot their armor that day, right? (laughs) And then there's the people, the saints of God, that they're just always happy and they're always smiling, even praising and worshiping when things aren't going right, I'm not talking about they just have happiness, but they have the joy of the Lord, you know, the true joy of the Lord. It's because they've learned over practice and training, just like those firefighters and those soldiers. They practice and they train how to put on. It says to put on the armor of God. It's because they have learned to put on the armor of God. So I want to encourage us tonight that when we go to the Lord in prayer, that we wouldn't forget to put on the armor of God to protect us. We need the armor in this battle because we are fighting a spiritual battle each and every day. And some days are easier and some days are harder, but if we have that practiced routine of putting on the armor of God, of praying, of staying in open communication with God, Of course, we can't be praying always while we're at work, but having a mind for God, always thinking, how can I witness to somebody, or how can I spread the joy of the Lord, or always just having an ear open to what God is trying to say in our lives, and it will help us to combat the enemy. It will help us to resist the devil. It will help us to stand strong against those temptations that come at us. And so tonight, if we could uh, if we could just stand, we're going to say a word of prayer that God would help us to put on the whole armor of God. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much. Hallelujah for your word. We thank you, God, for your presence that is here tonight. And we pray, God, Hallelujah that you would teach us to put on the armor of God each and every day that we would not fight this spiritual fight defenseless Lord God hallelujah but that we would fight with your strength hallelujah because your strength is perfected in our weakness mighty God hallelujah we need